You know, I was just thinking to myself before we started recording, how many people do you think stumbled upon our podcast because they were looking for a good necrophilia podcast, Steve? <laughs> Dead and lovely sounds like my kind of lady. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, I, you know, I bet it's a non-zero number, which is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It has to have happened. <laughs> Welcome to the brand newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your favorite non-necrophilia podcast. Or is it? I don't know. We'll see where this thing goes. It's here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. Mm-hmm. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the classic piece of cinema. I'm not talking about a movie. I'm talking about a film Yeah, that is known as Tremors 2. Aftershocks. But before we do that, we're going to catch up and shoot the shit and drink a cold beer and have ourselves a good time. But if you want to get right on to the movie review portion, there is a timestamp for you and Mm -hmm. your kind. Your kind (laughs) are welcome here. And if you just want to go check out the movie, uh, check out the timestamp. See what it does to you. But you're going to miss the good parts because we got some catching up to do. I feel like it's been a week of days since we've done this. (laughs) A week full of days. A week full of days, man. Where do they all go? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. I'll tell you what I've been doing all week, man. I've been signing on to the internet yeah. using Lana Del Rey's new internet browser. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah. She put out her own web browser, and it's like a nostalgic experience. It's called America on Lana. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> whenever, whenever you... Whenever you boot up the program, it does an old school, like, you know, dial-up modem tone, only it's Lana. And she goes, ding, 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 blah, blah. And then whenever you get on, if you have an email, she goes, somebody sent you something to read. Pretty mournful, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. But you know how it is with Lana, man. The, yeah. the mournfulness and the boredom is just part of the fun. <laughs> it's just gotta stay on brand. So be sure to sign on to America on Lana today. <laughs> how you been, Steve? I've been good. I've been good. I've been uh, I've been kicking it. I've been watching some movies, watching some TV. Uh, yeah. Doing doing some video gaming. It's been a mm-hmm. time. Oh my! Tell me about. Um, I I failed to mention this last week. I should mention it this week, though. I I did include uh, two weeks ago uh, a little thing telling people I had done this. But I was on the Jack of All Graves podcast. Oh yeah. At, at this point, that this comes out like two weeks ago. Um, uh, but go check that out. It was a fun time with Corey and Mark. Uh, we talked about the Jatlov Pass incident. We uh figured out who did it. So. Don't worry, we got it. And then uh, we also talked about Max Headroom, and it was a fun time. That sounds pretty good, but I got to tell you, Steve, I think you might have overstepped some bounds here because Uh I didn't know we were in an open podcast relationship. Here you've been out casting with other people. You actually said we were a few episodes ago. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Shh. (laughs) I'm going to bring back the recording. You said it. I've got it on record. <laughs> I edited it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I'll have to give that a listen. Yeah, they, they got they got a fun show. Check it out. And you know what? Maybe I just do myself a little bit of casting on somebody else's show too. Maybe we just maybe we do it together. Maybe it'll strengthen our bond maybe as a podcast. Will. Just nailing we, another podcast. 
yeah, we have a four-way <laughs> mega cast <laughs> with a couple of other dudes. Maybe that'll make us stronger together, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, maybe we let y'all know about it. Maybe by the time this comes out, you already know about it. Because we don't know exactly when it's coming out. But it's happening. That's true. That's true. This week, we are going to be jumping on to our buddies over on Neon Brainiac's show. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about a masterpiece of filmmaking <laughs> known as <laughs> Pieces, which um, I watched this week. Me too. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk about it with uh, with those guys. And man, I'll tell you what, that is an insane movie. Like It's normal. It's so normal, dude. <laughs> there is n- nothing about it that... Um, that I like when I think about what what would you do in this scene, none of the things that happen in the scene are what <laughs> I would do. Not one thing. But it's always like that because of that a surprise. And it's like this is like I have to keep watching because I gotta know what happens next. <laughs> I have a feeling there's gonna be like a new branch of of psychology where what they do is they show that movie to people scene by scene (laughs) and then they just ask them like now did this make sense to you and if the person's like yeah logical (laughs) all right (laughs) lunatic (laughs) got it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it should be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to that because i've actually listened to their show for a really long time anyway and now i get to get all up in that show's guts up in them pod guts it's going to be a good time so be sure to follow Neon Brainiacs, they're an 80s horror podcast, and they're just two hunks like us That's having right. themselves a good time and chatting about movie flicks. So be sure to check it out. Tell them we sent you. Mm, like yes. real intimidating like that. Yeah, like I that. was sent by Ben and Steve. They <laughs> sent me. Put a horse head in their bed. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, that'll be a fun one. What else have you been watching this week, Steve? Oh, man. I, I haven't talked about this, I don't think, yet, but WandaVision? Uh, I mean, okay, I, yeah. I've been watching it week by week because there was no way I was going to wait because two of my favorite characters. Uh, it is so good. It is everything Dude. I wanted it to be. Have Have hmm. you checked it out yet? No, I haven't. Um, but I have been seeing like people's feedback and stuff about it floating around like on Facebook and shit where I remember for the first couple of episodes, I was seeing a lot of people being like, well, that was cool. And then like two or three episodes in there, like, this is fucking boring. This show sucks. And then it was like, maybe around the third or fourth episode, my entire Facebook feed was people going, oh shit, this just got fucking cool. Yeah, I don't get the this sucks stuff. I don't, I, I think actually though, if uh, it really is that um, if you know Scarlet Witch and Vision from the comic books, you kind of get what's going on from the first episode. Like, I, I was pretty sure what storyline they were doing. Okay. Uh, so I, I can see maybe if people were a little like, where is this going in the first couple of episodes? Because the, I mean, basic premise of each episode is that it's it's like a sitcom from, uh, basically it started in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and oh. they just recently did the 90s. And, um, but there's way more going on than that. Hmm, that's interesting. Those those first two episodes, I could see if if you're, especially like there's just so many little things in it throughout that were just like if you if you noticed them, then you're like, oh, this is this is weird. Like a lot of people that I saw feedback from thought it was just like supposed to be this silly, funny thing, 
but there's like a lot of menacing weirdness in the first couple of episodes and then it it gets full on like you start to get revelations and everything and that's where everybody was like oh fuck this is awesome okay so if you do struggle through those first two episodes you're in good company it's just everybody everybody that uh didn't know exactly where this was going they they it's it's easy to see where you might lose a little patience but i'm telling you well worth it sounds like they just need to take the advice that the eagles gave us so long ago and get over it get over it Let's kill our lawyers and let's do it kill tonight. tonight. <laughs> what? Badass, what? dude. Fucking dude, badass. Upper middle class people's problems are the shittiest problems. <laughs> They're real, dude. What are you yeah. talking about, man? They had it rough, dude. Let's kill all the private jet plane pilots and let's do it tonight. Right, guys? <laughs> huh? Is your huh? private jet plane pilot a piece of shit, too? Mine wouldn't get me Ritz crackers. Life is hard. I'm wearing a Henley. I thought that the Henley was because of Don Henley, by the way, when I was a kid. Maybe it is. Is it? I don't think so. I, I like I just remember like hearing that this shirt is called a Henley and I was like, hmm, Don Henley shirt? Yeah. I was a dumb Wouldn't kid. Wouldn't it be incredible though <laughs> if Don Henley ended up getting murdered by like an Ed Gein type killer that made a, a Henley shirt out of his skin? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, now I'm really wearing a Henley. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just yes. like two or three buttons up top, you know. That would be amazing, yeah. It's a classic look. Yeah, it is a classic look. So, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I mean, don't. Uh, in Minecraft, don't. don't kill Don Henley, please, yeah. and make a skin suit out of him. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> but if you do, trademark dead and lovely. We get right, at least 30% of that. And you heard it here first, guys. Come on. Yeah, I need to watch that WandaVision. It sounds yeah, interesting. Check it out. I, I understand if anybody is waiting till it's all uh, up, too, because it is killing me each week to wait. That's like the only thing that I dislike is that I have mm. to wait each week for the episodes because it, it's just like every episode you're like, oh, I want more. Oh, more, please. Well, it sounds like you just need to take a little piece of advice from the great songwriter Tom Petty, who once <laughs> said the waiting is the hardest part. Waiting is the hardest part. I'm going to be doing this the entire episode, just so you know. I'm ready. You know, I used to think that the petty was because of Tom Petty. <laughs> I thought that shirt, the petty? Was yeah, the petty, Tom. uh-huh. So don't kill familiar. Tom Petty and make a shirt out of him. <laughs> Wait, damn it. He's already gone. Actually, if you want to make a shirt out of him, uh, depends on where he's buried. You can probably get away with it. Yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been watching this week? Uh, we also watched the old Last Drive-In Valentine's Day special, which oh, yeah. was a, a fun time because they showed Tammy and the T-Rex first. Fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> 10 out of 10. So fun. God, yeah. that movie's so great. And then uh, great. The Love Witch, which is a gorgeous movie. Um, probably not well suited for a second movie on a Friday night horror movie marathon because it's yeah. it's slow and definitely doesn't have the um, the the fun over the top feel of of Tammy and the T Rex. So it's like a huge <laughs> it was a huge gap. But it, they had Anna Biller on who directed uh, the Love Witch and she was great. She like super smart, really like. Uh, 
good eye really like knows what she's going for and nails it like i didn't realize that the film was shot on 35 millimeter because it it looks so like well defined like Hmm. there there's it doesn't feel like film it feels like quality hd and like she sort of explained how she got that that feel through lighting and stuff but man uh that that movie is gorgeous the love witch we'll we'll talk about it sometime maybe we do that man did you guys do anything for a, a valentine day by the way uh emily slept i think I love it. Huge <laughs> she, fan of that. Yeah, she she worked the two days before, so she was tired and she slept, and then she got up and studied. And uh, yeah, no, we didn't really do anything. Cool. It's a fake holiday, man. It is. I mean, like uh, we we don't need a reminder to love each other. We just do that, right? That's a good way to be. I think. I think that's a good way to be, man. We usually just kind of use Valentine's as a as a good excuse to to eat some fancy food and stuff because. Uh, Usually what we do is we go to like Sitar Indian Buffet and pig out on their mega special Valentine's Buffet just because it's awesome. <laughs> and you just want everybody to know we're not having sex later. <laughs> we're going to smell like garlic and spices. It's fine. <laughs> but, you know, of course, that wasn't going on this year. So we were just like, yeah, we'll just kind of stay in and make like a, a great tuna steak dinner. Oh, yeah. And that's about it. You know, it's just like nice. hey, he's excuse to have some good food. It is crazy to think back, though. Like, last year, we did our buffet thing. We went and saw Romeo and Juliet oh, at yeah, this Central was Cinema. Just before. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're coming up on the year mark, huh? Yeah. Yep. Brutal. Brutal. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> I know, man. So it's just crazy to think back at, like, wow, a year ago, we had no idea what was coming down the chute nope. for us, you know? No, we did not. Even, even. Woof. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I've also been playing some uh, Vigia game. You've been Del Rayan, huh? I've been. Del- <laughs> Let's get back to Lana. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been playing some video games. I wanted to update anyone who's been following my Crusader Kings Two saga. <laughs> it's been a saga. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Previously on Dead and Lovely, <laughs> I forgot the name of our show. The Crusade for Crusaders. Boom, 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 boom. Then I tried to play Crusader Kings 2 and it didn't work. Boom, 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 What's going to happen next? Oh. Yeah. So previously I could not get Crusader Kings 2 to work. And I actually, I got it to work. Couldn't figure out how to play the game. Watch somebody else play the game. Couldn't get it to work then. Finally got it to work. Played the game. Ben, let me tell you about my <gasps> Irish Earl who had 10, count them, 10 children. Look out. Five with his Spanish wife. Ooh. Four with his niece. <laughs> and one with his bastard daughter from that niece. Why are you making your dude fuck all weird? I didn't. You don't make him. They do it on their own. How like life this it's is. It's insane. I love this game. It's like watching a soap opera. It was like, what the fuck? He's going to keep... He he kept having a relationship with his niece the entire time he was married to his Spanish wife, and she didn't seem to have a single problem with it. And then his his niece had a daughter who grew to adulthood, and he was like, all right, I'm going to hit that. 
What? Okay, hang on just a second here, because this just sounds too crazy to be real. I've got to Google the credits of the developers and stuff on this game. Let me just type <laughs> this in. Exactly as I suspected, head designer, writer, George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> it's clear as day, his influence. I think if he if he was uh, playing it, he'd be like, hmm, not enough incest. Yeah. <laughs> we got to turn up the incestometer. <laughs> A little more incest here, Ooh, yeah. but it is. I mean, uh, as far as uh, as far as ridiculous civilization type games go, it's really fun. So if you if you're into that and you like watching medieval soap operas play out right in front of your eyes, Crusader Kings two. There's a Crusader Kings three if you have a PC and not a, a, a Mac, or if you have a Mac that has uh, the specs to run it. it, it Macs are not for gaming, Ben. No, it's that's so what I've sad. heard, man. I do wonder, though, if the guy that did try to listen to this podcast because he thought it might have been a necrophilia podcast, if he was you know, listening to that part about fucking the niece and stuff, and he was like, this show's getting pretty good again. All right, yeah, all right. <laughs> Gonna rate and review this on iTunes. I'm also into incest. Incest necrophilia <laughs> is my thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wonder if there's a podcast for that out there. <laughs> Dead and lovely and neasly. No. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Neasly. Neasly? That's not even a word, dude. Anyway. But be sure to rate and review so, yeah. on Apple Podcasts, please. Yeah, head on over there. Five Let stars. Them know about dead and lovely and neasly. <laughs> <laughs> so you may watch a bit. Man, I've had a little bit of time this week to catch just a few things. Not all that much this week. So I've had kind of a busy one, been working on a lot of vidious stuff and all that for the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've been kind of having this tradition of on a Saturday just watching just some some brain candy, just a fun flashback movie. Yeah. And uh, this week we ordered ourselves some brunch, got it to go, took it home, and we watched Splash. Yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And How'd it, go? it was full of, of Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being L Driver from Kill Bill, surprisingly. Oh, what? She's mm-hmm. not? Yeah. Huh. I thought she was that in every movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure. But she took a break for this one, and she was playing a merwoman who's trying to hide the fact that she's a merwoman from old Thanks himself, T. Hanks, Tomahawk mm-hmm. Hanks, he's called. Right, Tomahawk Hanks. That's what Tom is, is short for, Tomahawk. Yes. <laughs> I wish that was true. <laughs> now you just think about that every time you see him. I, you know, it could be. It could yeah. be. I mean, I, I found out that T Pain mm-hmm. is actually just a shortened version version Tal-Hath. of his of his real name. No, which is Tylenol Pain Relief. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, T Pain is short for that. I thought it was Tallahassee Pain. I guess it's Tylenol Pain Relief. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> pain <laughs> but yeah splash is a it's just a fun movie man it was one of those that was just kind of the perfect thing to have on on a saturday i hadn't seen it before it was good we also watched a serial killer's guide to life which is like a hmm. hbo original movie it's british it's okay british is it yes it's quite british <laughs> Now that I think of it, I think it was quite British. God save the Queen. Oh, yeah. Okay. That nailed the accent there. I was like, I'm, I know. Mm, where is he from? And right there, I was like, ah, Midwich, of course. I don't know if that's a place. It probably Somebody's know. listening it in Midwich right, right now, and they're like, fucking hell. 
That's us. I don't even recognize where I'm from, do they? Look alive. He's talking about us. <laughs> Look alive, uh-huh. mateys. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was all right. It's one of those that was just like, I I can't say it was spectacular or anything, but it was good enough. It was kind of like, eh, honestly, I can't even really tell you what it was like without just kind of spoiling the whole thing. But gotcha. It was all right. We've also been enjoying a new tradition where whenever we're doing our morning workouts, we're just getting shredded together, getting all jacked and stuff. We're getting trained up for American Gladiators, so <laughs> we've got to be in great shape by the time the pandemic is over. What are your names going to be? Um, Ice, uh-huh. Sword. Ice and, and Sword? Ice no, 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 Sword. No, Ice Sword. Ice Sword, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ice Sword and um, Fire uh, Pants. Ice sword and fire yes. pants. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's like a duo. It's like a duo name. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Here they come. Fire and ice. Yeah. Pants and sword. Pants I was kind of thinking yeah. more pants and sword would be the catchy part. Oh, here they come. Pants of the dynamic, and sword. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the idea anyway. So while we've been doing our, our morning training, uh, which involves like balancing on a beam and fighting each other with batons Obviously. and stuff like Duh. you do. Shooting tennis balls at each other. Oh, yeah, absolutely so, man. Uh, We've been watching some Jeopardy. We've been exercising our brains as well, man, getting some Geo Party on. Mm -hmm. And it's just fantastic. It's a great thing to do. Good way to pass the time. It is. It's a good way to pass the time when you're working out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, exercising that brain, too. It did get me thinking, though, about how just absolutely wildly illogical the format of the Jeopardy questions. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, whenever you think about it as, like, a real reversal of question and answer. Yeah. And, I mean, I just imagine, like, for example, I was on a game show and the question was, who is Steve Vai? Right. And my answer was, this Long Island rocker cut his teeth playing with Frank Zappa before moving on to White Snake and David Lee Roth and yeah. producing solo albums such as Passion Warfare. And they're like, correct answer. Right. If, if That's insane. If somebody answered your question like that, you'd punch them. Yeah. What the hell's Thanks wrong with for you? for all the fucking detail. It makes zero sense. What's even worse is like the, the ones where it's like, you know, the... The answers chained together, like words chained together or whatever. We're like the question answer uh, paradigm has been completely demolished because the answer itself is a trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is happening now? If I asked that question and the answer was like two different words, like wh- how are those two related? Was the question the question, like, I don't get, what the fuck are you talking about? That's insane. This is maddening. It yes. makes no sense. Oh, man. But yeah, it's it's a good thing but to it do. Is, I do love watching Jeopardy while working out because it, it, like, you know, comedies are good while working out because they, you know, keep you kind of engaged and laughing, but Jeopardy keeps you, like, concentrated on that. So you're not even paying attention to, like, oh, my uh, legs hurt from all this lifting or whatever. Mm-hmm, that's right. It'll get it'll get real good to you if you do that on the regular. So I'm gonna recommend it. Last night for Docu Monday, we watched that New York Times documentary Framing Britney Spears that's on Hulu. Oh yeah. Okay. Man, like Kate and I have no Free Britney. I've said this before. Okay, yeah. Free Britney with purchase of another Britney of equal or greater value. We all know how it works. Right. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> and like Kate and I aren't particularly interested in Britney Spears, like never really have been, never cared for her music really or anything. But I'd heard a lot of people talking about this thing. So we decided to watch it. And man, it's it's pretty fucking dark. Like, yeah, I am totally on the same side as leave Britney alone guy. Like we laughed about it back then. But no, really leave Britney alone. Like the entire story of how this whole scenario went down feels like it was written by Chuck Palahniuk. Like it just feels like this is a Chuck Palahniuk story. You know, it's a uh, it's fucked up and it's dork. It is extremely dark. It's been dark her entire life. Um, her yeah. family fucking sucks. It really, really does seem that way, as do the paparazzi and tabloids and well, we knew they fucking suck. creep yeah. interviewers and yeah. stuff. Like they're playing all these interview clips and stuff of her, like in actual interviews, and people asking her, like, are, "So, are you a virgin?" It's like, what yeah. the fuck kind of fucked up question is that? Like, would you ever ask Bo Jackson that? <laughs> like, why would you ask anybody that? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's real fucked up the way. But I mean, the thing is. You know, Britney is Britney's the poster child for it right now, but it, it's not uncommon. I mean, the, the way that uh, a lot of kids who come up through, you know, acting as children or, you know, specifically through Disney, as we've seen a lot of people who come through Disney end up really angry about their fame yeah. Oh, yeah. because of the way they were treated and the way nobody, everybody celebrates what happened to them like it was positive like they got yeah. to be on tv or they got to become famous and it's like they were a child they didn't know what the fuck famous meant it was adults taking advantage of them yeah yeah and it's just so sadistically fucked up when you're like hey we all really liked that that first single that she had back in the day and i used to listen to that song and i bought the album and all that now she's losing her mind and shaving her head. What an idiot. Like, yeah. what is the purpose of being entertained by shit like this? Like, is it really just to make you feel like, oh, you know, they're no better than me. Look, they're fucked up too. Like, what is the appeal that people get out of seeing like celebrity meltdowns, especially ones that are hounded 24-7 by the fucking paparazzi and shit? It's got to be miserable. South Park nailed it. When they did their lottery episode, the Shirley Jackson's lottery episode that was about this very thing about how mm. uh, it seems that our society requires uh, a pop star to sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was in regards to this Britney stuff. So, like, uh, I, you know, it's it's not new, and hopefully, it's getting better. But I, I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Who's yeah. stepping in to put the brakes on it? Right? Yeah. It's definitely. I mean. There, there is another side to it that uh, has to be observed that is a negative I'm, I've seen. Everybody kind of assumes that every child actor had this same experience, which isn't mm -hmm. true. You can, uh, you know, look at people like, uh, what's his name from The Sixth Sense? Haley, Haley Joel Osment. Mm -hmm. uh, in interviews, he's talked about his, like, child acting and stuff, and his parents never really pushed him to it or anything. It was just something he kind of wanted to do. They let him do it. He went back to school, you know, like there are normal child actor experiences these are predatory experiences in which predatory is the word yeah yeah in which corporations or individual agents and things are going well out of their way to uh use a child <laughs> to make money oh yeah and sometimes the family themselves yeah Ooh. 
Yeah, it's a good watch. Like, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I want to watch the rest of the series, too, because they've got episodes on a bunch of other stuff. It was, like, really oh, yeah. well put together and everything. So cool. I'm going to recommend it. Get learned and leave fucking Brittany alone. Chill Absolutely. Out. But, I mean, don't leave her alone now. Yeah, yeah, she needs help now. <laughs> now we need to be with her. We all need to be on her side because the courts are against her. Mm -hmm. Like, it is an injustice against an individual who didn't do anything but entertain people. Yeah, for real, man. For real. So, yeah, that was a, a harrowing, 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 harrowing. Yeah. What's the word? Harrowing. That's the well, exactly what I said. Is there an echo in the room? Shit. Harrowing. Oh, I wasn't aware you were a parrot, Steve. Gosh. Harrowing. <laughs> it was a dark watch for sure. And you know what? I also did this week. We finally finished up watching through The Sopranos. I talked about starting The Sopranos many months ago. And, uh, you know, it takes a while to get through that because you're talking it's like six and a half seasons of 20-something hour-long episodes each. Yeah. There's a lot of story there. There's a whole lot, yeah. Dude, it's fucking fantastic. I loved it. I am already excited to, like, watch it again, right. knowing the arcs and stuff that these characters eventually, you know, um, head towards and the way their characters change or die or whatever. It's going to be really fun watching it again knowing how some of these characters end up and stuff. It was really amazingly well done and did so with no blueprint of how to do serialized drama, you know, on a, on a TV series. Yeah. I loved it, man. I can't remember. Have you watched it? I have watched it. I have never finished the entire series. Uh, really? So I need to. Yeah. It was one of those things where I started in high school. It was, it started coming on, I think my freshman year, like 94 or so yeah something like that yeah yeah so i started in high school and then went away to college and didn't have hbo and that was back in the day when the only way to get it would be to wait until the vhs came out and then go oh, rent yeah. it or buy them yeah it, yeah that was like one of the first like dvd box sets i remember seeing it's yeah. like the it's like a red hologram cover you know they, they all had these like shiny it wasn't holographic it was like a foil cover of the Sopranos. Those are like the Friends box sets and stuff like that. That's total flashback shit right there. Yeah, man. that was crazy. Like, because, like, um, I think X-Files was one of the, the first that it was like, you have to see all the episodes when they air or wait until, like, a few years later they come out on video. And even then, they didn't release all of them on video at the time. So it was like, you're just getting the best of the season. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, the, like, um, Sopranos, when that came along, it was like, well, no, you have to have every single episode. Like, that, you've got to see it all. There are no Monster of the Week episodes of Sopranos or whatever. Yeah, it's all tied together. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss the amazing performances. I'm going to miss those whack jobs. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to miss all of the Gabagool. The Gabagool. We were Gonna talking about this it. before. And guys, we've got a couple pitches for you. Trademark dead and lovely. This. It's it's right here. It's been in front of us the whole time, and I cannot <laughs> believe we have never thought of this. Hit him, Steve. Italian zombie movie. Yep. Gabagools. I mean, come on. Boom. It's right there. It's a legion Boom. of Italian zombies. You could do this like Giallo style. Mm -hmm. uh, marinara blood just going yep, all over absolutely. the place. I actually, it would be really funny if when the zombies got shot, spaghetti and meatballs flew out. <laughs> that would be really funny. I Mama think that would be Mia. 
Now, here's number here's number two. This Ben pushed it even further. What are we yeah, doing? Ben? I got some ideas. I got some ideas right here, man. Okay. And this is one of those things where, you know, we, we all love reliving the 80s and stuff right now. We're remaking, we're putting shows in the 80s and movies in the 80s and stuff. It's all coming back anyway. I'm just saying, just let me set the scene for you, okay? Okay. A guy inherits his 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 dead grandmother's house. She's from the old country. He inherits right. Noni's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they get called over to go through all of her possessions and stuff, clear the house out for sale or whatever. He's going through the basement, and he finds on a dusty shelf a jar of Noni's marinara that's from the old country. It's a taste of the old country, right? Right. And uh, it's all dusty, and he wipes it off. He opens up the jar, but little does he know, he summons up all these crazy fucking spaghetti monsters and stuff from the old country that Noni brought back with her. It wasn't marinara. It was a containment unit. Oh, no. What's uh-huh. in there? So now you've got fucking you've got these these nasty little Italian demons hiding out in, in sandwiches. They're they're uh, popping up out of a big pot of minestrone soup and splattering everywhere. It's a crazy montage. It's the trailer for Gabagoolies. Gabagoolies. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> trademark dead lovely. This has to happen. Here's the scene. This is the one that's gonna get him. Uh, a chef leaned over some marinara. Takes yeah. a little spoonful, tastes it. A ghoulie pops up. Uh, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Somebody please make this so that we don't Come have to. <laughs> the world needs it, man. The world definitely needs it. And I'll tell you what I need, Steve. I need a co-beer right around my face. Like I, I noticed like there's no co-beer anywhere around my face right now and i think that seriously nowhere near this is definitely a problem so i'm gonna crack one open here this is one that i got a little while back because a couple of beer snob friends of mine said it was really good but i'll be the judge of that you fucking twerps boom yeah yeah dude you're talking about cracking open a cold one probably got that necrophile guy back on board oh yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna crack open a cold one huh yeah is she hot Huh? Oh, no. Or is she cold? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <Fucking> weird. <laughs> Go away. We don't want your patronage, sir. Okay, I'm going to open up a, a Duchess cherry. This is a authentic sour cherry ale. It Whoa, is from sour Belgium. Cherry. It's a 6.8 percenter. I want to say that I had this beer long ago okay and i didn't like it but it was before i liked sours it's just a, a sour ale or it's made with sour cher- cherries it is a let's see how it describes itself malt beverage aged in oak casks with natural flavor added parentheses cherries hmm. oh so okay. yeah it is a i think it's kind of like a like a creek style kind of gotcha. beer okay so straight Pouring from the creek pretty frothy yeah it was made in the creek <laughs> Made out of creek water. If you got a frothy creek, you got a problem. (laughs) They make this with hose water from Belgium, I heard. (laughs) Only the finest hose water. finest hose water. What are you drinking today, Steve? I got me a spicy water here. A little carbonated beverage known as seltzer. No co-beer for you, you skinny mini. Oh, this is good as fuck. Holy moly. Dude. 
I have to buy a lot more of these. This is amazing. <laughs> is it awesome? It's the best. Yes. Oh, awesome. dude, like blowing my mind. Like it really does have a nice, fresh, tart cherry flavor to it, but it's also got like a little, a little vanilla to it. It's not sweet cherry though. It is pretty sour and a little sour. Dude, it's fucking great, man. You're fucking great, man. Take that. Oh, oh, look at you. Surprise compliment. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you this though. So, you know, as regular listeners know, I've been cutting back on my abusing lately. Yeah, me too. Which is usually not a big deal, but there are definitely some nights where I'm like, I wish I could crack me open another Coden right now. Yeah. And uh, I've I've started a thing that I want to share with you because it's fucking awesome and you're allowed to do this and nobody can stop you. Oh, really? Yeah. So Kate was advertised this, I think, on Instagram or whatever. And she's like, do you want to try that? And I was like, do I want to try that? I want to make that because somebody out there is making this stuff. And I'm like, fuck that. I'll do it homemade. Dude, a flavored seltzer water, as we do enjoy drinking as LaCroix boys, a flavored seltzer with a couple of heavy shakes of Angostura bitters in it is fucking awesome. What's it do to it? Dude, it's giving you all that spicy clovey cinnamony goodness on top of a nice refreshing bubbly beverage i love angostura bitters anyway that's just like one of my favorite flavors ever dude i'm telling you with the right flavor of seltzer water and you can't do it with you know just all any flavor or anything like that but with the right one it's fucking right. awesome so like What's lately right i've been one? having the uh the polar springs cranberry lime which okay. kind of tastes like a cherry limeade you know so yeah, it's like kind of uh-huh. it's got a lot of things that you might find in a cocktail with the citrus notes and a little mm-hmm. tanginess from the cranberry and stuff and then you add on some spicy bitters on top of that oh man it's gonna get real good to you I'm interested in this. I can I can see a lot Do of it. different applications. And of course there are other types of bitters you could even try. That's true. Yeah, that's right. And and I realize somebody's throwing the red flag on me right now. Yes, I realize Angostura bitters have a fuck ton of alcohol in them. They're like 80 something proof. But you're just using a few dashes. Yeah, it's so it not doesn't that much. It doesn't count. Not at all. Yeah, I I think um maybe this would help cuz I actually can't drink flavored seltzers anymore. They all taste gross to me now really yeah like i it's it's a specific chemically taste that once it stood out to me it's all i can taste now mm, i get so, it now. yeah but i uh, i could actually see the bitters kind of fixing that Mm-hmm. i mean so, maybe it's good with plain i mean if you got plain yeah, and you got some mango you might as well, as well yeah. try it mm-hmm. maybe well. even just a little you know little lime wedge or something in there that might work Hell yeah yeah, no, I, fine. I I'm interested. I, I could see that going well with a with a cucumber, maybe even. That could work. Mm-hmm. That could work. Good stuff. So, y'all try that out. Ain't nobody can stop you. It's a free country. <laughs> nobody, it's free. Huh? It's Last free I country. checked, it's you free do country. have to purchase the things, however. It's that true. Is, but after there, that, there's that barricade. It's free but country. You know. Once you got it, you do whatever the hell you want with it. Except since it's alcohol, you can't just drink it out in public as well. So. Mm, that's true that's true so it's not all that free not all that for but hey once you get home you do whatever the fuck you want with it Mm-hmm. that's right and even if i do catch you doing it in public or something like that maybe you're driving a car and you're just shaking some bitters into your soda i ain't gonna tell nobody <laughs> i ain't no squealer unless you're pouring bitters into your soda then we got a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good stuff so try that out sometime 
And you know what, Steve? Now that I'm getting myself thoroughly beard up right here, I'm just getting like a little bit nostalgic. And maybe part of it is because of the subject of today's movie, Tremors 2, which, yeah. you know, if you think about Tremors and you think about the classic way that those graboids operate and you think about the intro even of Tremors 2, it's got a very the floor is lava kind of feel to it. Like those old games that we played back when we were kinder kids yeah. as child children. It just kind of got me reminiscing a little bit about some of those old foolish games that I used to play as a young man, Steve. I, I just kind of feel like before we get to the movie, maybe we should take a little detour, just a little nostalgic detour into the preview palace. I don't know. Well, hello, P-R-E-V-I-E-U. <laughs> w. I almost did it. Palace. <laughs> There's a, I could hear it right there. There's a little musical break. There's like a, a sick <laughs> bow, 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 like guitar lick right there. You're pausing for the W. I get it. Continue. Continue. That was it. Welcome. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're <Got> here. It. <laughs> you made it. Turns out that's all it was. <laughs> and Steve, considering that we got that floor is lava vibe out of here, it just got me thinking maybe we give these busters a little bit of a rundown about the kind of foolish fun that we used to have as kids. Maybe we give them a personal top three stupid, imaginary, just dumb games that we used to have fun with as little old redneck boys stomping around in the dirt around the chicken coop. Yeah, yeah. We used to um, we used to play this game that it wasn't until I thought about it when you said, hey, let's talk about some games we used to play as kid. It wasn't until I thought about it that I realized that uh, my brother and his friends were just beating us up. But um, <laughs> we used to play this game, the game called, called Get Beat Up. <laughs> yeah, we used to call, play this game called Up the Middle. And it, we would take a football and then my brother and one of his friends would sit like uh, about six feet apart. And uh, then you'd try to run in between them without them taking your legs out. Hmm. This is a thinly veiled you know, guys around just being like, what's a good way we could beat up my brother? I don't know. Make up some bullshit game. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just me. It was me, my cousins, and my sister as well. So it was <laughs> four children they were beating up. How can we beat up these four kids? I get your brother was from Brooklyn, obviously. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to beat up these four kids over here? Um, <laughs> but uh, the thing is, we loved the game. Like, we thought it was so much fun. Because it was almost impossible to get, like, through them. Uh -huh. But if you did it, it was like, fuck yeah, I did it. <laughs> and then they'd, like, fucking give you noogies and uh, arm burns and shit like that. No, no, they were, they, I think they were getting as much uh, of beating us up as they wanted to <laughs> by <laughs> knocking us, like, if we got through there, it was like, hey, whatever, beat up the next kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yay it for older fun, brothers. I, I, us up. I absolutely have no negative like memories of it. So like wow. it was weird when I thought about it and was like, wait a second, they were just beating us up. Because like, I never <laughs> it never hit me. It was always just like that was a fun time. Wow. That's amazing. Uh and I'm sure that I'm sure that they had a good time too, just pounding the fucking snot out of y'all, right? <laughs> absolutely. They loved it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Steve, number one on my list, the first one that I thought of is, I don't even know if you could necessarily call this a game as much as maybe it was an imagination exercise. And I don't even know if you could even call it as much of a imagination exercise as much as you could just call it 
young kids being extremely insensitive and stupid. Um, <laughs> because this game that my brother and I used to play, again, if you could call it a game, I'm not even telling you about this as a way to be like, hey, wasn't that funny? No, I'm telling this on the show as a way to be like, hey, we were really fucking stupid. This is how dumb we were as kids. Um, and also, too, it's just like, why did our parents let us do this? Because one of our favorite things to do, whenever you got just like a, you know, maybe a weekend that nothing's going on or whatever, me and my brother would love to go get some some big old t-shirts from dad's dresser drawers, from his Chester drawers, put on Chester. some big old loose baggy t-shirts. We'd stuff them full of pillows and be fat. That's it? And that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's, that's a, how dumb we were. That's, that's how fucking dumb we were. That's a pretty kid thing to do, though. I mean, because it's like, a different experience. That's I it. guess so. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And uh, that was pretty much what we do: to walk around the house, kind of bump into each other, bump into tables and dressers and stuff like that, and be like, "Well, I'm fat." Yeah. That's how dumb we were. That's. I mean, that's an afternoon, huh? Yeah, that, it was for us. The pre-internet era was crazy. It was rough, man. We could have been looking at some titties or like a decapitation or something cool. <laughs> Instead, you were just walking around with a pillow under a shirt like, this is a fun time. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have anything like that. Mine, uh, my next one was we used to have paper wad wars in my uh, grandparents' um, living room when they lived in an apartment. When they moved oh. into their house, my grandmother was like, y'all ain't doing that in my damn house. Uh, and we didn't, uh, but in their apartment, they, we would set up forts on either side of the living room and turn the ceiling fan on as fast as it would go. And, uh, you know, that, that was like an obstruction to make it harder to hit. So like you couldn't like arch around, you had to like go around the, the fan or under it to try to hit them. And then we would set up barricades. So like basically you'd have to wait for somebody to pop out to try to throw one to try to throw it at them or what we would do to try to really get it popping off is take a whole bunch of paper wads and throw them at the fan yeah i was gonna go say if this, if this doesn't end in throwing stuff into the fan i'm gonna Absolutely. be so disappointed in you because throwing stuff in a fan is the most fun it's yep. so exciting is it gonna mm -hmm. hit it and fly out in a random direction or is it just gonna pass through because it, yep. you just happen to hit it, it at the right that time? Sometimes, <laughs> it's yeah. just like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that was so much fun. We would also do, we would like make paper airplanes too because we figured out well you can make airplanes that'll like dive bomb into their fort. So Ooh, like we would make nice. airplanes and, like you know put a penny in the front and like throw it so it would dive bomb into their fort and try to hit one of them. Oh, it was yeah. fun time. Or just take a bunch of paper airplanes and, again, throw them up at the fan and see what happens. <laughs> that sounds good, too, man. Yeah. That's totally giving me flashbacks to um, my friend Brett back in the day. He uh, he had, like, a ton of Nerf guns and stuff like that, and yeah. they had, like, a big finished, um, like, downstairs, like, den, you know? Oh, that would be and awesome. And they had, like, a, a bunch of couches and stuff down there, and, dude, we, like, rearranged the room. Yes. And, like, turn most of the lights off and make, like, forts and stuff and just have big Nerf wars. Yeah. That shit was so fun back dude, in the day, man. the basement with the old furniture is the best place to hang out as a kid, yeah. right? Because oh, nobody yeah, totally. gives a shit. Your parents are like, whatever. If something breaks, we put it down there because we didn't want to use it anymore. 
Exactly. You spilled yeah. something on the couch because you're a fucking kid? No big deal. Who Nobody cares? gives a shit. So, yeah. Nobody gives a shit. It already smells like cat piss anyway. Have at it. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any kind of like war type game was always a lot of fun yeah, as a yeah. kid. So had yeah, a lot we, of fun with those. Yeah, we would uh, also, once we got older, because those were when we were real little. Once we got older, we would go out in the woods and build forts like with, yeah. with tools and shit and Ooh, then pretend like we were guarding it. Or whatever. Like, there's something over there. Poo 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 or poo 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 is what <laughs> I say apparently for a gun. Interesting. <laughs> guns. I, it really poop. does make me think about guns like farting whenever you shoot them, which is really fun. <laughs> so fucking. That's just funny. fun. Oh my yeah. god! I want to see a video where guns fart. Yeah, especially if you think about like a machine gun and how fast it would be going. <laughs> Because I've had farts. It'd be great. I've had farts that would definitely fit machine gun. Yeah, like an Uzi. <laughs> I like it. I'm on board. All right, Steve, let me let me toss one at you that's just a glimpse into the weird places that little bowl cut Ben's mind would go when boredom struck. Uh-huh. Um, I, had a, I had a thing that I used to like to do around the house that I called Mirrorland. Okay. Mirrorland. In Mirror this game Land. that I would play... All by myself. What I would do is I would take a mirror, like a you know, it's like a, a vanity mirror kind of thing, like you use in the in the bathroom or something, like a handheld mirror, right? Yeah. I would hold it at about waist height with the mirrored side pointing up towards the ceiling, right? Yeah. And then I would stare into the mirror and try to navigate my house, which was just, you know, basically me walking around looking at the ceiling through this mirror, right? Okay. So I'd have to do things like step over where doorways or light fixtures and stuff like that were. Okay, right. So the uh, sort of... this was the thing, yeah. The traditional kid avoid something game. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, avoid the cracks or whatever. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would just wander around the house, try not to fall down steps. I'm sure I did that a few times, (laughs) while enjoying (laughs) the solace and bizarre world known as... Mirror lad. Mirror lad. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so I, glad I'm not weird anymore. <laughs> I grew that. I actually don't think that's too weird. I mean, it's just a, a variation of a game that children all play. It's a. Uh, it's cool that you had a, a lore to it. Mirror land. <laughs> and I don't know. There's something about just like the way that it sort of played a trick on my mind where it's like, I know I would be looking down and seeing like, again, the top of a door frame or a ceiling right. fan and know that it wasn't there, but my, my brain would go, that's going to be under your feet. Step over it. Like there's something fun about the way that it tricked my own brain, which is what made yeah. it fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. Kids imaginations are, man, I just wish I had it. Like if you, if you could maintain that your entire life it would be awesome. Have you ever done drugs? I have, and yeah, that's what I, yes, hallucinogens are great. Uh, (laughs) So as kids, you, you may remember this, Ben, and we've definitely talked about it on the show, but ninjas were popular. Oh yeah. When we were younger. Ninja chop, Judy chop. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now don't go ninja. Nobody don't need ninja. Mm -mm, No. Uh, So this basically, (laughs) I don't know how we ended up at this but we would play this a lot during the summer my cousins had a trampoline um love it already and of course we would wrestle on the trampoline and of course we all 
eventually as kids do if you give them a trampoline figure out how to do ridiculous numbers of flips and things oh yeah so we started playing uh ninja turtles on the uh on the trampoline we would do like the stuff that they did in the video the arcade video game like you know how you could like jump up do a flip and like dive bomb kick we do that stuff to each other (laughs) but then we added another wrinkle of my aunt spraying us with the water hose while we did it dude i'm telling you you ain't had fun till you've had fun with a hose on a trampoline oh man most fucking fun ever yes i have a dent in my leg to prove it and my cousin casey also (laughs) fell face first from a huge distance up in the air right onto the ground at one point wow but it was so fun it was so fun. And, dude, whenever a trampoline gets, like, really waterlogged and, like, it throws the weight balance off, so you'll jump on it really hard and the entire trampoline will, like, jump in the air a little bit because uh-huh. it's, like, there's so much momentum because the extra weight from the water. Yes. Dude. So It was fun. so fun. We would, like, we would come up with, like, uh, storylines and things of, like, you know, what the Ninja Turtles were doing or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Just be out there in our swim trunks, kicking the shit out of each other in in the water. It was dangerous as shit. We, nothing terrible ever happened other than the two things I mentioned. But it, it was so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah, most I get fun. it, man. Dude, like, it's one of those things where when I think back at the stuff that me and my brother or me and my friend Josh used to do on the trampoline, and I'm like... And we never broke our necks. We never broke fingers. We never broke legs. Like, we actually never had any injuries. And we didn't even have one of those ones that has, like, a cage around it like you see now. I think they all have, like, a protective barrier. And I'm like, come on, why? Well, I, actually, I bet those cages, if they're if they're sturdy enough, if you can bounce off of them, are probably pretty fun. Dude, the thing is, though, is, like, if we would have had those big cages around trampolines when we were kids, we would have been jumping be off of top them. turnbuckle yeah. Mm-hmm. moves. Yeah, it'd be Absolutely. a high-risk maneuver. <laughs> you know kids are doing that currently. <laughs> oh, dude, which ironically would have actually resulted in injuries. Yep, that would have been a problem for sure. <laughs> yeah, because yep. that is how, like, my arm got broken by my brother is, like, wrestling on my my parents' bed, and he did, like, a you know top turnbuckle elbow drop on my arm and broke the fucking thing, so... Oof. Them cages ain't helping nobody. I'm here to tell you, man. Yeah. Yeah, a trampoline is always a fucking great time, man. And, you know, I thought about putting some trampoline-related things on my list as well because we also used to set up the hose underneath the trampoline so it just shoots straight up. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's always a fucking great time. And then we'd also do things like wait for cars to drive by and, like, stage a really ridiculous stunt, like somebody getting a pile driver or a DDT or a power like bomb or something. the person driving by is watching. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because that's like, what you think when you're a kid. Yeah, because when you're a kid, your only experience in a car is not driving. So you're like, that's yeah, true. you just, when you're in a car, you look at everything. <laughs> yeah, as if the person driving that car would be like, I wonder what those kids are doing over there in that trampoline. Oh, my God. He that just got power-bombed. He had a family. Rex car. <laughs> if JR was driving by, if Jim Ross was driving by, I'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, He's like, the thing is, half. eventually the, uh, the, the gentleness of a trampoline wrestle or fake fight on a trampoline, that got kind of old to us. And what we started doing is sitting on the front porch of my parents' house, which is pretty near a road, um, probably about like 15 feet away from the street. Mm -hmm. And we would wait for cars to drive by 
and just wail on each other. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole game. Is like, let's see if we can get a car to stop if we're like fighting while they drive by. So we'd get in the front yard and just yeah. fucking wail on each other. Just, you know, hard slaps, just beating each other up. Uh, it, it never is, worked. Never it happened. is crazy how much kids love to perform. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. So dude. Cr- like, I mean, not all kids are that way, but like uh, most kids I've known have this performative desire, at least from a certain age to a certain age. It's so Oh, fun. yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm so glad I outgrew that phase. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, that's so childish. Yeah, anyway, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much fun on that kind of shit, man. But, you know, I had to really kind of narrow down my list here for my last one that I came up with because I was thinking about some of the other just fun, dumb, redneck shit that we used to do, man. Probably the trashiest of which is we had some uh, some homeschool friends, the Greenmans, okay. who had a, and again, this is classic trash stuff, they had a three-wheeler, not a four-wheeler. Oh, man. They had a three-wheeler. Yeah. Extremely dangerous. Like, holy shit, that's why they don't make them anymore, because everybody rolls them over and fucking yeah, crushes their spine and roll. stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, of course, what we did with their three-wheeler and their big yard is we tie a rope to the back of it and then attach the rope to like a big piece of cardboard, just a big old piece of cardboard, mm-hmm. and uh, take turns just dragging each other around or being drug around, trying to shake the other person off, doing like fucking figure eights and 360s and stuff on the three-wheeler. It was almost like water skiing, but it was, you know, white trash kids in the dirt. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I have similar, I mean, I've talked about this before that uh, I had a little Yamaha 50 motorcycle when I lived in the house next to the graveyard and I used to ride my motorcycle in the graveyard and I would do like specifically try to like avoid things in the grave. Like I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to weave around these uh, tombstones and stuff, which is macabre or whatever but also uh was just uh normal as a kid i didn't really see it that way it was just like oh i'm riding my no. motorcycle hang on a second though isn't riding my motorcycle around a graveyard isn't that a sisters of mercy song i'm pretty sure i've heard that <laughs> probably <one. laughs> riding my motorcycle around the graveyard tonight tonight yeah you gotta add in tonight <laughs> of course uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. The last one that I came up with for my list, this is one that I think of as being kind of special and really fun because I'll tell you what, and I know you remember this phase too, we all reached that age where like, you kind of stop playing with your childhood toys. You leave behind those childish things. Or in, in my case, when you have an older brother who's three years older than you, he leaves them behind a little bit before you do, but that also kind of encouraged you to be like, all right, it's time to move on from this kitty shit and start getting into to porn and cigars and stuff like that, right? <laughs> right. But whenever my brother and I were kids, we loved playing with, like, Legos and constructs. Um, we did an episode, I think it was our Child's Play episode, where we talked about, like, our top five favorite kids' toys. Right. Mm-hmm. And constructs was one of mine. Uh, we loved those things. It wasn't really like Legos. It was kind of like between a Lego and, like, an Erector set. I didn't know a lot of kids that had constructs, but I thought they were really cool. And um, we reached that age where, you know, my brother was kind of getting out of those things and it was kind of encouraging me to, to go on too, but they were still kind of fun. And we gave those things a proper 
send-off, as it was kind of that age where, like I said, we were about done playing with these things anyway. And my brother and I would build cars out of these constructs okay. and then have demolition derbies with them and just awesome. smash them the fuck together in the living room. And, like, sometimes, you know, parts would fly off whole, and other times, like, just the little, you know, connector pieces would just shatter, so they'd be ruined or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually you, you lost whenever your vehicle was just completely destroyed. Yeah, And, of course, awesome. we ended up with a lot of, like, you know, skint-up knuckles and stuff like oh, that. Definitely. Ramming our cars into each other and smashing our hands and stuff. But it was fun because it was, like, not only is it just kind of cool on its own to destroy some stuff, but it was a good way to have, like, a little send-off to these things that entertained us so much as kinder kids. Speaking of destruction, Ben, this is what we would do for some. De- we had so we also would destroy our Lego stuff at a certain point. Or uh, breaking also, stuff is always fun. It was always fun. Lincoln logs were very fun to destroy because you just Ooh. come in at the right angle and they would all go flying. Because mm-hmm. you know they're not connected by anything; they're just sitting on no. top of each other. So you hit them from the bottom just right, everything goes flying. Anyway, oh yeah. Um. My uh, grandmother, she ran the concession stand for Little League Baseball and football. And uh, we would have to, around the time that the season was about to start up, she would have us come in and help her clean up. Because, you know, those those concession stands are just sitting there for months with nobody going in them. Is she the one that got you addicted to Big League Chew? Was she the pusher that you told me about? (laughs) You know. Um, the guy, there was the guy who did the press box announcing for T-ball games when I was little, I think his name was Howard. Oh my God. That guy went all out and he had like these gags and uh, one of his gags was about big league chew. And another one was he, he would say in between, um, in between innings, he would say, be sure to head on over to the concession stand for some nutritious, delicious fun dip. <laughs> guy was hilarious anyway uh we would have to go clean them out and stuff and we went to clean out the concession stand one time and there was this uh just a whole pallet of uh coke cans that had been left there and they were all diet coke and we were kids so we were like nobody likes diet coke um mm-hmm. and uh they had been sitting there and they had swollen from like getting overly hot and also freezing over the winter so they were like just like poking out and the bottoms had kind of like poked out and stuff and of course we were like baseball bat soda cans oh yeah now we're talking baseball (laughs) yes (laughs) oh it was the best oh my gosh they would explode just Sometimes you would hit it and it would just go f- super far and be spurting while it was going because awesome. it like wouldn't explode. And then sometimes it would just explode and it was awesome. Yeah. And just fucking cover you in, well, yeah. I was going to say sugary <laughs> stuff. It wasn't sugary because it was yeah. diet, but you'd definitely be like leaving a sticky spot on yeah, somebody's you felt, it felt gross afterward parsing. for sure. <laughs> worth it though. You're totally worth it. That's awesome, man. Did you have any more to contribute to this uh, to this hit list, Steve? No, no. Those are, I mean, uh, we also, this was a teenage thing. Uh, we saw a MTV True Life on freestyle walking, so we tried it out. It's Hell what they yeah. eventually called parkour. Uh, yeah, but that's it was a lot a, cooler name than freestyle walking. It is, and, and freestyle walking wasn't nearly as, like, uh, physically um, impressive. It really was just pretending to do skateboard tricks. <laughs> 
<laughs> while walking. <laughs> it was for kids that couldn't afford yeah. skateboards but still wanted to do sick tricks. Yeah, we would go to the Carson Newman Student Center and do it around there. There you go, man. There you go. Just good times right there. Good times. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. I want to hear about those dead and lovely listeners' yeah. favorite childhood bullshittery and stuff like that. Because I know we all have some stories about some dumb stuff that we did as kids, especially if you're born in the 80s like we are. So y'all be sure to let us know, especially if it involves some kind of um, really trashy stuff or like a heinous injury that resulted as one of the games. Those are always the best because kids getting hurt is funny. <laughs> We all know it. it. So it let us know about those over on our Facebook group, which is just a growing and a growing and getting so much fun interaction on the daily, <laughs> except for some people that got kicked out of the group recently. Yeah. Those guys are stupid. Well, they don't listen to our <laughs> show anyway. So. Yeah, they clearly don't listen to the show yeah. anyway. So, yeah. So anyway, join up over there. What's the URL? Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. Mm, that's right. And you know what they say? It is the only reason that Facebook exists and why you should be on Facebook. Oh, There's no, don't, no don't put reason. that on us. It is the only reason you should be on Facebook, but it is yeah. not the reason Facebook exists. We did not do this. That's true. That's true. But it is the reason you should go on. Well, Steve, the subject of today's podcast is Tremors 2 After Shits. Aftershocks. After shit. <laughs> that, that implies we didn't out. like the movie. This movie's great. We love it's great. No, no, no. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not dunking on it at all. No, uh, no. It's a fun time, and I definitely did enjoy it. And this came out in 1995, but I only saw it for the first 96. time. 96. Okay. Yeah. Well, I only saw it for the first time in 2021. In fact, seriously, it was as um uh John Mellencamp. I think it was John Mellencamp once said it was just the other day. <laughs> That's, Remember that song? Yes, I guess. I mean, I think it was Mellencamp. Yeah, probably. I thought right. I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, "How's this going to connect to Little Pink Houses?" Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like there John go, Cougar man. Mellencamp said, "I watched it in a Little Pink House the other day." <laughs> I was sucking on a chili dog outside, outside of a tasty freeze. freeze. <laughs> <laughs> so I just saw this for the first time the other day, and you know we did the original Tremors quite a while back on the show. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I remember I just kind of thought it was okay, and I think honestly yeah. it's because I I think the hype did it for me. I think everybody right. told me it was just like the best, most fun thing ever, and I watched it and I was like, it's okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was like a little underwhelmed, but I think going into this one knowing the vibe of Tremors, where it's like, yeah. It's it's campy, but it's not like garbage. It's yeah, it's not. It's slightly it's like, gory, but it's not horror. Like it it's never, just kind of its own little pocket. Yeah, it's like naturalistic. It's never like it. It never goes into like a ton of horror tropes. It's more of a creature feature, and definitely. And it's it's about yeah, it's about um, just this sort of uh, I don't know what would you call it? backwoods ingenuity. Just, uh, I think so. Yeah, just yeah, people. Simple who, folk. Yeah, simple folk who have a who have a problem and got to deal with it. It's kind of a western. I think the first one has a sort of western feel to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Of these two guys coming into the town with a problem and helping to save it or whatever. But yeah, it's you do have to get the vibe of it for it to to really hit. Because otherwise, it is it's a low key movie for a movie that's about uh, giant worms under the ground that eat people. <laughs> <laughs> when did you see this one for the first time? 
Oh, back way back in the day, uh, whenever it came out on uh, on video, because it it's uh, it was direct to video, and um, yeah, I, Tremors was one of those that we just loved as kids because it's silly and fun yeah. and funny. But uh, yeah, Tremors two it was one of those things where you start watching it, and um, I, I was probably like fourteen or so or fifteen at the time. You start watching it and you're like, wait, where's Kevin Bacon? And then you forget about it pretty quick. It's just like, yeah, oh, okay, totally. this is fine. I mean, they explain away where he is and it's like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Cool. I'm good with it. Yeah. Same vibe. Same with like Reba and stuff. Like whenever yeah. I was going into this, I was reading that like, yeah, Kevin Bacon and Reba didn't come back. And I was like, oh man, how's this going to be any good? But right. I, I missed them, but I missed them less than I thought that I would, right. honestly. Yeah. And yeah, because re- I mean- Reba was the the big over the top character along with uh, with Bert in the mm-hmm. first one, but the gun Bert, nuts. Bert does a a great job of just being the nut himself. I mean, because it it's sort of limited to the main four. I mean, we have a, a couple of other people who are involved for a little bit, and then they get killed, and we just have our main four. Uh, Bert does more than enough to be the the crazy one. Yeah, totally. And because there's a smaller cast of characters, I think you kind of get more yeah. screen time and more of his character and stuff, which is uh which is fun because yeah. like I think we all know especially here in the south, like the mega ultra like military gun nut fanatic guy that's just always itching for any reason to get all of his fucking toys out and play yeah, army man. Absolutely. So I think the fact that we got to spend more time with that character because there are just less people in this movie was kind of okay by me you know you say we all know that and i realize like uh yeah in the south we all know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> tons of people <laughs> listening right now are like i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about yeah but, i do uh, not know it, him. it's pretty common <laughs> in the south midwest etc to know that person or several of those people who just have a, a ton of toys and they want any opportunity they can to go shoot shit and blow shit up oh yeah and you know i know that our, our uk listeners they all got an uncle up in the black country who's got a trunk full of muskets, and he's a ready to trunk use a mid knee. <laughs> Perhaps he's got a repeater in there as well. Huh? If you've got a problem with me, talk to the powder and ball. That was Australian, <laughs> sort of. Was it? <laughs> sort of. I don't know where that was. It was somewhere on the map. That foreign. is an American. <laughs> yeah, foreign accent, man. And uh, Earl is our main returning character here. Of course, yep. he and Kevin Bacon were kind of the uh, the wonderful duo that we yeah. had together. They had such excellent chemistry in the first movie. Those two on screen together were, yep. were just so fun together, man. That was just a great duo. So, you know, again, I was going to kind of miss that aspect of this. Uh, but, man... Earl is fantastic, and yeah, what a hairline that fella has! Just oh, so man. thick. Yeah, yeah. Thick. That Fred Ward, he's he's got he's got some hair on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and and we uh, bring in uh, Helen Shaver, who plays Doctor Kate Riley slash uh, the uh, Playmate of the Month from nineteen blah blah blah. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those those are our main four. Here's the thing I want to talk about about okay, so uh, Reba and and Kevin Bacon didn't come back. The production of this movie is so interesting, and I really think it added a ton of appreciation for me to mm. the movie. Okay. Because I've always thought, like, oh, it's good, but, like, 
why like why was it direct to video like why why doesn't it feel like it's direct to video like it doesn't feel like a direct to video movie not or at least not most of the direct video movies i saw back in the day well especially Um, back then yeah direct to video meant it was going to be dog shit exactly so 17 million dollar budget was the original proposition they were gonna have kevin bacon and reba mcintyre back and they were gonna shoot in australia wow okay that would be awesome yes all sounds great but kevin bacon got apollo 13 and apollo 13 is bigger than tremors 2 so makes sense for whatever reason whatever (laughs) whatever reason he's gonna take this little bitty project yeah, um, people have weird priorities, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's true. Now, Tremors came out in 1990. Reba, popular as ever. This is like after she got out of that stint in rehab for her Frito addiction. You're right. See, you know what she likes. She likes Fritos, so fucking give them to her. We think you now. like the Fritos a little too much. This I like is Fritos. an intervention. <laughs> no, no, no. We're cutting you off from the Fritos. Look what they're doing to you. Here's your one chance, Reba. Don't let me down. <laughs> We're going to have to write the this The corn now. and the salt are turning you into a monster. Reba, Reba fighting addiction movie. <laughs> Reba, I, as far as I know, was not addicted to anything. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she, she was doing a tour in 94 when this was filmed so this was a world tour she's not she's got time to go shoot a little movie so the fact that these two weren't gonna come back made the people at mca universal hesitant to make the movie so they basically were gonna pull out and not make the movie until uh a number of the actors special effects people and the the writer uh volunteered to work for less money or free the the writer uh, volunteered to direct the movie for free so they wouldn't have to pay a director whoa the script was already passion project shit right uh the script was already written uh the the people at uh, amalgamated dynamics who did death becomes her and starship troopers and aliens i guess a lot of them oh, wow. really liked the designs and stuff they had, and they really just wanted to make the movie. And so a $17 million project uh, got cut down to a $4 million project with the exact same script. So they had to cut Whoa. a few of the like big set pieces, like Bert was going to commandeer a tank, which I, they kind of make a joke of by having him have that remote control tank. Uh, oh, okay, that's fun. Yeah, so like, uh, it, when you when you know those things about the project, it gives you a little more appreciation of what you're seeing. You're seeing the same level of quality as the first one for less money. People just really wanted to make it, so that's awesome. Wow. Here's what happened, though. As I said, it was made in 94, shot over a period of 27 days. They got this done quick. Um... It didn't come out until 96 because they showed the movie to test audiences and unlike what they expected, test audiences loved it. So they Hmm. were considering releasing it for theatrical run because they they didn't want to, they had not wanted to spend any money promoting it. So they were just going to go direct to movie or direct to, to video. And, uh, so they, they kept delaying it because they were considering 
actually releasing it and then finally they decided no we're just gonna do uh, direct video they did release it same day in the theaters in hollywood but anyway so Th this movie was like the little movie that could like it really was like no I i'm gonna make it up that fucking hill you're not stopping me hmm that's really really cool it's also just neat to hear like he said that everybody was just so passionate about doing this they're like yeah fuck it give us 13 million less dollars we'll still do it and just do yep. more work ourselves for free um and i think it, it kind of shows in this movie too because the whole time i was watching this movie i just kept thinking to myself of how much fun it had to be to make this movie yeah. You know, to get to be on Absolutely. these locations and be these silly characters, um, interacting with other silly characters and having these cool set pieces and building some of those special effects and stuff that had to be really cool. Cause some of the practical effects, we'll talk about the effects and stuff in this some more, but some of the practical effects and stuff in this are really cool. And now that I think about it, the designs of the, uh, of the shriekers, there are some shared elements there with Starship Troopers yeah. with some of the bugs that are in that. Like, Definitely. I can actually totally tell that this is made by the yeah. same people. Now that Which you is that. Maybe, maybe part of what they were thinking, too. They were like, well, we got this design for this other project, and you know, if this can be a test for that, maybe we can see a reason to do it for less money or for free or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I see that, though. There's some definite... Um, connections i mean the one some of the puppets had 18 puppeteers jeez yeah that's, that's like crazy insane they, they were all out for some of this because you know there there are a couple of scenes that are obviously like some green screen stuff but it's mostly practical effect oh yeah and too like if you're an effects team and you're working on this and you know that your, you know, your puppet or your animatronic is going to be shown in that full sunlight, you know, Mexican landscape like yeah. most of this movie is. Like, it's not going to be some shadowy thing at nighttime that you can't really tell what it is. It's like, no, this is full, you know, full Monty, broad daylight. They really get to show off their sculpts and their builds and stuff of these creatures. So it was probably like fun and a challenge to the Absolutely, people that were working yeah. on the, the special effects with this. So it was probably just a joy. Yeah, I, I can imagine that um, this would just be a fun time. I mean, you just spend a month in in Mexico with a bunch of people who just really want to make this. I mean, yeah, can't imagine a whole lot of complaints on that set. <laughs> right, for real, man. And, you know, one thing about this that I was curious if it was going to address um, as, you know, the part two of a horror movie or creature feature kind of thing often does just sort of ignores whatever happened in the first one. Like right. I think of it as the, the Ghostbusters two treatment where it's like suddenly nobody believes in ghosts anymore. Like why didn't you guys see what happened like a few years ago in Ghostbusters, the first one, this movie shows you that like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the whole world knows about these yeah, things. Now. A these huge people are on the covers deal. of, yeah. yeah, they're on the covers of magazines and they've yeah. made money and they've made fucking video games of this shit as it would happen in a, uh, in real life so like i'm glad to see that they kind of acknowledge that shit in this you mentioned that video game and i'm about to blow your mind gonna blow my mind what are you telling me about darren aronofsky takes inspiration from tremors 2 what get ready for this do you remember a little movie called the wrestler in which randy the ram lives in a, a kind of shitty trailer yeah. Where he's alone and kind of past his prime and not really famous anymore and kind of out of money. And uh, he has his own video game that he's playing. Well, I do now. Remember that? 
Did you know, Ben, and this is going to really solidify it, I think, that Christopher Garton, who plays Grady, was in both Black Swan and Mother? Holy shit, really? Yep. Dude. Darren Aronofsky's inspiration. Probably his primary inspiration, I'll say it. No. Well, it's an inspiration. Tremors 2, for sure. That's amazing. It is definite. There is no fucking way that those things... Are not, not him just being like Terminus 2, right? Like this is a this is like <laughs> that that is the perfect because like that that's the thing about this. This is just little like direct to video movie, but you show him in that trailer, you show that that video game system, you kind of have set the whole scene. We get where the character is. They do a little exposition and we get the whole story, and it's it's very understandable. That is amazing. So yeah, um, uh, I, I think I think maybe Darren Aronofsky saw just that sort of perfect composition of like th- this really well displays exactly where this character is, and that's that's my Randy the Ram character. Boom! I'm gonna kind of duplicate that. That is awesome. From just the direct-to-video Saturday afternoon fun of Tremors Two to the highbrow Oscar-winning uh-huh. <laughs> entertainment. Of Darren Aronofsky. That's right. That, that earns cool points for Aronofsky with me, too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. He likes things that are nice. Yeah, I would like to get some confirmation that that is absolutely true. I mean, I don't think it's a stretch at all, man. And I like, too, that, like, there's some subtle humor in the way that it deals with these characters, too, where it's like, obviously, it's showing us that, you know, the fame and fortune that he got from his experience in the first Tremors movie he earns some money with it, but he's also still kind of an idiot. So he doesn't really know how to use it or like maintain making money. Cause he's kind of a a moron. Like he has this fucking ostrich farm. And uh, (laughs) if you think about it though, check this out. Like this is subtle. This is subtle shit. He's got this ostrich farm. He's complaining about how he can't get him to breed. He's got two male ostriches. (laughs) I did not notice. Yeah, like they don't point it out, but it's yeah. like they're big and and black, like they're they're male ostriches. And he's like, I can't get them to breed. Like that's funny shit. You think Ridley Scott used that in Gladiator? Absolutely, See, it's gotta be. Tremors too is the inspiration for all things. Uh, <laughs> I I I mean, I would say I I think dumb is is not the right way to portray Earl. He's not dumb. He um, he doesn't know what to do with money, but by losing it, he's learned because he's talking about later how what he's going to do with the money now is invest it wisely instead of what uh, Grady says, which is he wants to create a, you know, basically Jurassic Park, but with the Tremors worms. So, like, <laughs> it, it's kind of showing that, like, in the first one, like, he he uh, he's younger and a little dumber and over the past few years he's gotten wiser though he's lost everything yeah yeah but he he's still he's still the same old earl from the first one still definitely definitely man and speaking of grady you know we all know really what he would do with his fortune if he inherited it from from hunting down these uh these graboids and stuff what's that he would spend all that money 
on buying a completely new wardrobe that matches every Smash Mouth video ever so you can have plenty <laughs> of bowling shirts and bucket hats and, and fingerless just gloves fingerless gloves like holy <sighs> shit man his wardrobe in this is just like oh there's no mistaking when this movie was made right yeah it is it's something it is i mean the thing is that it's it's so it's so everything that period like it really nails exactly how people were dressing there that it's uncomfortable to me <laughs> Like, yeah looking at it, it's just like, bad memories yeah, i think i had Hard. that shirt yeah uh, <laughs> it's tough to look at that stuff man i yeah. think if he would have like you know maybe done some swing dancing or something like that it really would just <laughs> see a jump would have made us all wailed. cringe uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah grady in this is you know kind of his his counterpart he's sort of replacing kevin bacon but he's a much right. different character than kevin bacon was in the first one and I don't know. I'm going to say he's he's the weakest spot in the movie to me. He's oh, yeah? just kind of like kind of bumbling, kind of goofy and zany. Um but nothing that really like super stands out to me about his character or anything like that. Uh, he just reminded me of uh, a few people I knew actually. Like I I've known people like and he seems to be really trying to impress Earl but also like as you said, yeah, he's he's kind of a goofy guy. Uh so he's 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 a bit more um, because Kevin Bacon was sort of the the I mean they're both goofy in the first one but Kevin Bacon was his like younger a little bit dumber um, apprentice at the time and then uh, yeah Grady is kind of that but he is he is a bit goofier but I, I don't mind it I mean it feels like because the first one had a lot of the other townspeople and stuff to bring to make up for some of the humor like Mm -hmm. you kind of only have these four people so you got you got to go a little bit harder with each individual on the humor and then of course they you know uh the dr kate riley they didn't give her a lot of funny stuff to say that's just an unfortunate reality of the 90s where it was just like oh the woman is always the person who's just like guys let's get our heads straight or whatever yeah, totally. Yeah, I do wish they they would have done more. Yeah, um, but she, with her, I, she's still like you know like just in the like in the first one we're still being presented with a uh, uh, an intelligent woman who's not being uh, necessarily sexualized until at the end we find out that she's the Playboy playmate he's been obsessing over, which uh, <laughs> isn't exactly again like she she's all she's never uh, dressed like the damsel in distress or anything she's also like a strong character just like all of them but again uh, you know the only thing that's missing there is the humor she doesn't get to be as funny as everybody else yeah i think the funniest thing that happened with her in the movie um that i thought was pretty great is like whenever she and earl meet like she walks away for just a second and he does the typical like checking out her ass kind of kind of look and then he turns around and she does the same thing yes reciprocates checking his ass out that's awesome which is pretty funny yeah there's some good stuff in there but i do just generally wish that we could have had a bit more of her character but i don't know man i mean there's so many other big characters between bert and earl and stuff like that where it's just like i don't know how much room there was or if it really would have made it better grady grady is doing his goofy stuff so yeah she she does somebody has to ground everything um so she she's the one who's who's grounding everything, but uh, yeah, they're they're all still like solid, strong characters. You like them all. Like uh, nobody is 
nobody's the asshole everybody's working towards the same goal etc it it's uh it's really just like one of those um because this isn't i mean it's horror technically because it's a creature feature but there it's not horror it's just like a fun movie it's just a fun movie it's a it's i mean it's got it's like i guess tension moments but they're not high tension it's like in any comedy where there's tension it's like well it's it'll be dissolved in a second with a joke yeah yeah totally man it's just an easy to watch flick that really flies by and it's just a really simple story and i think that that's fine because oftentimes man when you start getting into those sequels and i've not seen any of the other trimmer sequels so i don't know if it eventually comes to this but so many sequels start getting into that thing where it's like well We've got to overcomplicate the fuck out of it and add in some kind of ridiculous history about where these monsters came from and blah, blah, blah. This is like, nah, there's, they got some in Mexico now. We're going to send the guy that did the first job. We're going to send him down to Mexico, send him down there with a couple other people, and they have to go hunt them. Oops, turns out they've evolved, and there's these other ones. They get into some situations, and they beat the monsters, and that's it. Like, it can actually just be that simple, and that's fine. I mean, they do have the obligatory explanation scene where she talks about the how they're pre-cambrian oh yeah um, that's right which is uh okay so she says they existed uh at the same time as like single cell organisms but then she says they're not from space and i'm like i don't see how that's possible if life had only evolved to single cell organisms and then these things existed they're from space yeah, anyway, it would have to be. <laughs> but there there was a scene they cut from the script for, you know, uh, to save some money where there there were going to be like people shooting at the the worms with muskets. So I assume that was going to be like a history scene. So the mm, budget okay. actually eliminated the thing that would have been less fun for you. So that that's good. Like okay, well, that sometimes happy these things accident. happen where like not having the money actually serves the movie because i agree with you that that's not necessary we don't need a flashback to like oh they've been around for this long or whatever who cares they're underground worms and these movies are fun oh yeah man and let's talk about the uh the the creatures here because obviously they're kind of the main attraction in the first movie it was yeah, the graboids were essentially like jaws on land. They were like sharks that could pop up from under the ground and swallow you up. And Exactly. You know, that was kind of the premise there. And then in this one, I like that they kind of play with the idea that like, oh yeah, they've really kind of figured out how these graboids work. It's like, just don't touch the ground and you can drive around this little remote control car to lure them and just blow them up. Like, it's easy. Yeah. Like, this is totally not a big deal um, to yeah, deal with Yeah, they even have things. the montage, like, of them to Travis Tritt's T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Like, oh, yeah. Just a, a fun old time of them just blowing up the... So, like, all the tension is gone from that. That's, like, so perfect that they did it that way because it, it really does set up, like, oh, this is just a fun worm-killing thing, and then the Shriekers come along. Yeah, yeah, which are an evolved species of the Graboids, and they have fucking legs and they look like little chicken nuggets running around or something like that <laughs> and they'll kill your ass they'll kill you kill your dad yeah i i didn't i so when we did tremors i investigated the the like tremors lore and stuff and i don't remember how that all works but shriekers like that 
they have different stages at some point they have wings it's okay insane uh the all the movies after two are not like on the same level as one and two but mm. if you like a sci-fi movie if you're and i mean sci-fi channel not like science yeah, yeah, fiction yeah. i mean s-y-f-y <laughs> uh yeah. if you like a sci-fi movie go for those other trimmers if you do not do not they don't reach this level of quality ever again <laughs> but we do still have some graboid action in here and the yeah. shots where it shows the giant you know land worms coming up through the ground and swallowing people up and stuff look every bit as good as they do in in the first movie maybe even yeah. better honestly yeah yeah i agree it looks great i love that he has that graboid mounted on the wall that it like burst through oh, yeah <laughs> it takes up like the whole fucking wall it's yeah, awesome i love that man yeah like he's got like other little animal heads and then that thing takes up the entire fucking living room it's so ridiculous and awesome um those things look great it was good to see them again but it was also cool to check out the new design of the the shriekers and stuff and whenever they show those with practical effects when they're puppets or animatronic or whatever they look fucking great, man. They do look great. They do look great. Actually, I uh, I had to check this because earlier I said one was operated by 18 puppeteers. It's 16. Sorry. I overshot Not impressed. It. Not, Not impressed anymore. Impressive. But yeah, they're so impressive. Like they have so many different models and things that do different stuff. And the, they just, um, man, like, uh, you know, it, it's amalgamated dynamics. At this point, they had done Death Becomes Her. Like they had already like showed off their ability yeah. and starship troopers was coming up so like th this is kind of i i do really wonder if they've like took the pay cut because they were like okay well we'll test our designs for starship troopers and and that'll like you know uh work for both movies and we'll get to see what works on a smaller scale for a bigger yeah. budget movie yeah, do a practice run and see what's yeah. going to look good doing practical versus and it does. CG. It looks great. Uh, the yeah. the green screen stuff does stand out a little bit, but it's mm -hmm. when I when I think of it, I compare it to a movie that this was made in '94, a movie that was made and came out in what '99 or 2000, the or maybe '98, the first Harry Potter movie. Oh, which had like a way bigger budget than this did and the cgi looks like shit yeah and this I know. looks like, dude, better i think I, I i agree like we were watching this and i was like the cg isn't great yeah it's uh, not great but it does look better than things that i've seen in much newer movies like even right. stuff from you know this side of the 2010s i've seen that has worse cg than this yep and this is done in 94 that's ridiculous man I know. I'm I'm just like blown away. Like just the more I got into the production and how all this came together, just blown away by how dedicated everybody was to this. And it's interesting because the first trimmers did okay at the box office. It wasn't like a runaway hit or anything. But what happened was it was one of those early movies that did extremely well in the home rental market and right. in home video. So that was why when they, you know, couldn't get Reba and Kevin Bacon, you know, that they were willing to do direct video because they were like, well, our main market seemed to be these people watching it at home. Might as well just go for it. And, and like at that time, direct to 
like the idea that all these people got on board for a direct to video sequel that like in the 90s that was the lowest quality like that was you you knew it was shit yeah but they're like no we're gonna go in and fucking make it we're gonna really put all our, our effort into it and make it a good movie and have a good time and they did like i, yeah, I just i'm blown away by that yeah i agree man and some of my favorite uh special effects shots in this are like some of the really simple ones where they'll they'll blow up a graboid underground and it just kind of like rains gore on them like stuff like that's just <laughs> fun yeah but then some of the shots that we get later on where you see um like for example they find that one graboid that has just kind of beached itself and then there's that like huge bite out of it and there's all these like really nasty slimy gory bits just kind of hanging inside of it and stuff yeah really fucking cool man i love the <laughs> shot where we see uh the the shrieker being born and it's just kind of like vomited up it's just so nasty and gross yeah. and well done it's like a really great looking effect yeah it's just like i don't know like this isn't the perfect movie or anything but no i i struggle to find things to complain about with it because it just feels fun the whole time yeah like yeah honestly you know what it is if a hot and ready pizza was a horror movie it would probably be tremors too yeah yeah that's kind of it where it's like you know what it nails exactly what you want and it's it's not it's not expensive it's not over the top. It's not fancy. It just does the job. It hits the spot. It, it's like if you went to an Andrew WK show and you were complaining about like somebody missing a note or something. It's like, I think yeah. you don't <laughs> understand you why you're here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're here to have some fun. Yeah, this this movie is, is really just like, uh, let, let's have some fun. Let's try some stuff out. Let's see if we can kind of bring that vibe from the first one back and i i think they did i think they hit it even without kevin bacon even without reba uh i i really think the humor is better in this one than the first one mm-hmm. like not not necessarily uh grady uh as you said who's, who's a little bit overly goofy but like the um when they're sitting there and they they have their umbrellas and they just have those like frilly pretty umbrellas like that's just such a yeah really like there's so many little like dry humor moments which is i guess maybe why you're recognizing grady as a as a problem because he's everything else is kind of more dry like the the uh when he calls up uh bert and uh (laughs) and bert says can you believe she actually blamed our problems on the collapse of the Soviet Union? And Earl says, <laughs> well, you did take that kind of hard, Bert. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's just such this is a subtle little joke. Like, cause like he, his whole shtick was the, in the first one was his like talking about how the Soviets were going to invade and everything. And now oh, yeah. that the Soviet Union has dissolved, it's like, what is his life about? It's mm-hmm. just like a good little subtle joke that nods back to the original and also like works makes really sense well. For the character. Makes sense for the character. Like I, I like all that. Like the the humor works really well for me. Yeah, I totally agree with all that stuff, man. I, I do wish that 
there could have been some more gruesome kills, and I don't right. know if that was a budget thing or if that's a we got to keep this PG thirteen thing. I, yeah, I think I'm not that's really the sure. feel of the first one too. That there wasn't a whole lot of like big gore. So yeah, yeah, I think it probably was like, and that, that maybe they got that from it doing well in the home rental and home video market. That usually meant families were watching it. That's true. That's so, true, man. You know, if if you can still hit with the family because like nothing i would say nothing in this is gonna be like i'd say if you got a kid of of 10 or so they're probably fine to watch this movie right like there's nothing oh, yeah. in here that really is offensive no huh because as far as like the kills go i mean we see that one dude's like severed hands that are clinging to the back of the truck right, or whatever which is right which is great like that's a fun like campy campy bit of gore right there you got the one guy getting swallowed up by the graboid which looks really really good it does uh the guy getting like pulled through the window and stuff like that all looks really 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 great so i don't know it, it could have done with some more but at the same time i'm kind of thinking of this tone only people are getting like splashed with buckets of blood and i'm like i don't know that would be kind of weird wouldn't let's it? talk about we're gonna have an intervention right now Uh-oh. everyone go back and listen to the uh, Anna and the Apocalypse episode, or maybe uh, the porno episode, you have a tendency to wish that every movie was directed by Peter Jackson. <laughs> I want some splatter in this motherfucker. Right. I like what I like, Steve. <laughs> the heart wants what it wants, and I want a fucking mess on screen, goddammit. Yeah, I, I, that is something you, you do regularly. Like, if it is schlocky, if it's supposed to be humorous, you want it to really go over the top. Give me buckets, baby. Yeah. Give me buckets. I don't agree, but I see what you're going for. I mean, <laughs> obviously, there, there are tons of movies we've talked about like that that are awesome. So, I yeah. get it, man. I get what you want. Like Evil Dead 2 type of thing, where it's just oh, man. way over yeah, the bring top, it on. so much gore. Give yeah, I think I think the that's always gonna be the issue uh when it comes to if you're shooting for potentially family friendly or potentially like tween teen friendly, that you mm -hmm. can't go too over the top, even if it's schlocky because of the way the ratings board is gonna or at least back then. I think maybe it's it's a little more lenient now if it's comical gory. I don't think it right. it, it is seen as as bad as it was in you know the the mid 90s when you sure. know marilyn manson made those kids shoot up a school oh man and how about this all of our parents were right about marilyn manson all along <laughs> they Who were new sorry kid Who sorry knew? sorry mom dad etc i was just kind of assumed he was a piece of shit let's be I honest did too. Like, I, I never i, I stunning actually, revelation i actually kind of assume that about everybody now like everybody famous like I don't see a right. reason to go all in on anybody. Don't like, like if, especially if you're recording I put my your faith voice in Marilyn Manson. What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> especially if you're recording yourself and putting it out on the internet. I, like there are things I think back to from old episodes where I've been like, I like that person, and it's like that person's a piece of shit, and it's like fuck. I, I like the work some people did. I don't know yeah. about them personally. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and also, too, I'm not trying to make any kind of belittling joke about all the horrible, fucked up stuff that he did to real life people. Oh, no, I'm not yeah, at all no, trying he's to a piece that. of shit. Like a real, yeah. real piece of shit. And um, 
I, I never assumed that he was a great person, but boy, those stories are not good. Not great. No. Not great. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Um, anyway, you know, speaking of Marilyn Manson, speaking of music, I do think a lot of the soundtrack to this is pretty cheap. Like if they oh, yeah. if they save some money somewhere, yeah. it's definitely on soundtrack. Uh-huh, a lot definitely. of it sounds like soundtrack by Casio keyboard. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's very, very cheap. Cheap as possible. Yeah. They probably just got somebody uh, who knew what they were doing to do it real quick. <laughs> just pay them by the hour. Like, hey, can you churn something out in three hours? Sure. Casio, Casio, there you go. Yeah, exactly. And again, dude, I like I'm looking at this and I'm just kind of going back to the little Caesars thing where I'm like, man, this hot and ready would be better with truffles on it. Like, would it <laughs> like would this movie be better if it was scored by Jerry Goldsmith or somebody? Like, not really. Like it doesn't no. it doesn't really need it either. No. But it, I mean it does yeah, kind of stand you out. You could slightly improve the score and yeah, that's all it would need to do is make it not stand out. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What was the movie that we did not long ago that had all the like really shitty? Oh, it was Arachnophobia with all the like right. harmonica oh, soundtrack that and all was that garbage. The worst. Just <laughs> garbage soundtrack. Yeah. Oh man, dude. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a valid complaint. Uh, that um, but it but it does make sense. That's the one thing you can really kind of skimp on if you're really putting the money into the effects and stuff is if you as long as it's not a a terrible score you're gonna be fine so the fact that it's adequate to not great uh, is fine if it were a little bit better it would only just notch the film up a little bit yeah I think so, man. Yeah, it never really like stands out as just like glaringly terrible. Right. But if you notice it, you'll notice it. But you'll at the same time, it's like, not very good. Yeah, like that was a smart budget cut. Like I would rather them spend the money on yeah, getting those good actors back, um, getting those special effects right and stuff like that, than having you know a real string section rather than a Casio right. keyboard. Like, eh, it's fine. That's a that's a good budget cut. I just don't really have that many complaints about yeah, this movie, honestly. You. Like. Is it a thinking man's movie? No. Is no. there some big, deep, hidden meaning like we like to talk about in movies? Of course not. It's just fun. It's fucking people going out and fighting monsters and cracking jokes. Yeah. And there's some stuff that blows up, and it's fun. Like, what else could you really ask for out of it, you know? I and surprisingly, for a movie from the, you know, uh, filmed in 94, I can't think of a single joke that I would say, that didn't age well. That's true. Yeah, there's no like really cringeworthy like no. ugh, ooh, that's not aging well kind of joke in this. You're right. Yeah, I mean huh. even like them not being able to speak Spanish, the joke is not on the people who speak Spanish. It's on them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I got very little complaint about man. It's just a really really fun movie. Um, do you want to go ahead and, and wrap up and get to yeah. the ratings phase yeah, on this motherfucker? I, I got nothing more to say uh, other than uh, I really enjoy this movie always have uh you know it might be a little bit of nostalgia i can see somebody maybe watching this for the first time uh and and not immediately falling in love with it if you're just not into that that feel but it you know it's it's a really strong like fun creature feature movie and i you know you say uh, that it's not really thinking a thinking man's movie but as a person who has trouble shutting their brain off while watching movies, 
This right. movie That's a good thing. This movie does it, man. This movie helps me to be like, yeah, I'm along for the ride. I I don't see any problem with this. I no flaws here. All of it makes sense. This is this works. Let's do this. So yeah. I think it, I, that the fact that everything is solid and the acting is solid and uh, you know, it uh, the the bits that I learned about the production just made me like it more. So you know, it's not a perfect movie as far as what I would want out of every horror movie. In fact, I don't even, <laughs> it's real hard to call it horror. It really just seems more like comedy. But uh, yeah, it's it's solid, man. I'm going to give this like an eight. Yeah I, yeah, I totally get it, man. And it's like everything that you said, man. Whenever I watch a movie, you know, sometimes I do love the big introspective interpretive right. element that we get out of a lot of horror movies but then also too man especially especially during you know the time of a year into the fucking right. goddamn pandemic just having something where i can shut my brain off for a yeah. second and just have fun is so welcome <laughs> it's so yeah. very 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 welcome so i enjoyed that very much about it and also too i mean the fact that i just saw this for the first time the other day yeah, it proves that it's not just nostalgia. Hell, I didn't even openly yeah, love the first movie all that much, you know? Right. Yeah. So clearly something here works, and uh, if you're in the mood for something where you can just tune out and have some fun, it's going to be exactly what you want. If not, go watch a, a Darren Aronofsky movie or something like that. <laughs> but know that he was inspired by this. Exactly, yeah. but know where he got all his material from. It's right here. Go to the source. I guess <laughs> we did forget to mention, we were, we were uh, talking about the score kind of lacking, but there are a couple of uh, songs on there that are solid. I mean, that's you know, true. that Travis Tritt, T-R-O-U-B-L-E, is a banger. I mean, what a voice that man has. Huge. What a voice. Big old voice. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah, man. I think for me, this is going to weigh in at, I, I think I'm going to say like six and a half, where it's like okay. really fun. I'm yep. not going to watch it, you know all the fucking time or anything like that now, but I know where to go whenever I need this kind of movie. And six and a half is, I think, where I'm going to put this thing. I think me giving it an eight is very appropriate. I'm way too generous to every single movie we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a 12, probably. <laughs> On yeah. a scale of 10, I'm going to say 12. Everybody tried average. real hard, so... <laughs> <laughs> they did real good. They memorized all their lines. Yeah, that one guy only missed up 17 times. You could have done 18. You know, it's pretty good. <laughs> Gonna call those good odds. You guys be sure to let us know what you think about it over on the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Discord pages. Yeah, uh, at Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. And uh, we post the Discord link every single Friday because we do the Friday night screaming chat. Ah, let's talk about chat, chat, it. Chat, 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 chat. That's right. That's how that goes, man. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, will watch a movie that's streaming on YouTube. If you uh, haven't uh, ever joined in and you're like, oh, no, it's going to be big and scary. It's not big and scary. Everybody's super sweet. All you need to know is fuck doors. Uh, for one, they're not mm -hmm, cool. Mm -hmm. We don't care about doors and uh, uh, things explode. There so, you go. Th you know those two references. You're going to fit right in. There you go, man. Just come on in and join the fun. And if you enjoy the show and want to help support us with dollar papers, you can do that over on the Patreon page. And hell, 
You can even drive the car and get your movie of choice featured on a future episode. I think this one, this one was right a Patreon was. pick. Jeremy Losey. He yeah, said, old Jeremy. He said, like, uh, whenever we started the Patreon, it was after Tremors, and I believe his, his submission from the beginning has been Tremors 2. And mm, wow. we've had so many other people join in. In trying to get Tremors 2 so I hope wow. everybody who wanted Tremors 2 is excited because th- we love it and it's great and we all agree hooray that's right man and Jeremy himself is a good old boy and you know what they say that's about true. him he's a friend Jeremy Loki they do say that they do say that about him I've never been sure. Loki, Losi, Losi, it's Loki, Losi, Jeremy, Losi. <laughs> That's how you say it. Exactly. A little musical performance. You can get your own musical performance if you support us on Patreon at the five dollar or above level. That is true. Head on over there, Patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. We um, we got uh, what do you call them? The uh, the Patreon episodes. We got a Patreon episode on on the boys coming out. And they're there for everybody at any level from $1 yeah. on. Uh, if you're a $5 Patreon patron, you get to submit a movie that we randomly draw from the smoking bowl, a movie and cover it every single month. And guess mm-hmm. what? It's always a fun time, even if we don't like the movie. Yeah, damn right. You goddamn right. So head on over and start supporting that Patreon page today. And also, be sure to tune in to the show next week when we're going to be... <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I was, I was underwater. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about underwater next yeah, week. Yeah, with that case stew. You know what stews mm-hmm. need? Water. So yeah, that's true. It's appropriate. Right. <laughs> I bet that's why she took the part. Probably. She was like, underwater? Perfect, because I need to make a stew. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that makes complete sense. When you think of it that way, the logic is like sound. That. That's right. So be sure to tune in next week. Check that one out. In the meantime, everybody out there, stay healthy, wealthy, and wise. If you can get that COVID vaccine, go get it. If you can avoid yeah. hugs. Don't do them. The drugs, not hugs, y'all. Drugs, you heard it here first. Not hugs. Mm-hmm, that's right. And be sure to wash your damn hands. And your ass. And tune in next week. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And we are your favorite necophilia podcast. Oh, dead no. and lovely. <laughs> I knew she's so necrophiles. Yeah, Ooh. this is awesome. Oh yeah, man. I love when they're really dead. Like, hey, you really, ever read really dead? You ever read that Edgar Allan Poe Ligia poem, huh? Ooh, ooh, hot. I'm pretty sure Erotic. it's about fucking a corpse. I'm pretty sure that you're right. Oh, you ever listen favorite. to DMX? Yeah, oh yeah. He's got blood on his hands for sure, man. With no remorse. Uh-uh, uh-uh. He's got he's got blood on his well, you know. You on know. his you know. On his you know. You know why? Because he fucked a corpse. Bye! Woo! Bye! Ben, are you aware of the damn shoddy okay meme?
I'm not sure that I am. Damn shoddy okay. I mean, I can imagine what it would probably look like. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I send it to you. I just texted it to you. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. This is quite, this is quite graphic. Yeah. Okay. So damn shoddy okay is, uh, how, how would you describe that? What you're seeing there, Ben? It kind of reminds me of something that you would see, like, sharpied inside of a bathroom stall, like a venue or something. Right. Uh, it, it's quite vulgar. It looks like uh, someone is giving another person a blowjay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the person is saying, damn shoddy, okay. Okay, so damn shoddy, okay, as a meme, is very wholesome. And let me tell you why. Okay. One, they're not going for, you know, something lewd, trying to replicate exactly what it looks like. For a person to get a blowjob, mm -hmm. they're like, you know, you get the idea. Yeah. Kind of stick figure-ish. You know, let's not go too graphic here. The man is saying, damn, shoddy. Okay. Which is to say, oh, this fellatio is a surprise and a welcome one. Also, the okay indicates consent. Yep, he's into it. But because it's a surprise, we know the person performing it was in no way pressured to do it. Therefore, they're also into it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of wholesome when you look at it. Yeah. Damn shoddy okay. Super wholesome meme. Look at that. Way to go, internet. Mm. I actually just saw that one the other day for the first time. Yeah. It kind of was popular on uh, Twitter for a while because people were doing uh, wholesome versions of it. And I just realized while I was about to go to sleep. Like, it's wholesome. Already there. What's the yeah. problem? <laughs> What's wrong with surprise fellatio? Everyone is involved. Everyone's okay with it. 